Before we go into the podcast, I want to just talk about a business that I've set up with my friend George. Uh, it is called the Podcast Introduction Group. So if you want to join and be able to be featured on 24 to 48 pods, podcasts to be able to reach an amazing audience, this is the place you need to go to. Podcast being a guest on podcast is automatically establishing you as an authority and is able to build your personal and professional brand. We handpick of a bank of podcasters that we have to be able to grow your business and brand. We do a hundred percent of everything that needs to be done by my team. You do not need to lift a finger. You are able to expose yourself to new and relevant markets by going on other people's podcasts. You also are able to create brand loyalty. People will love listening to you and coming back to your products or services and it's able to increase your revenue. So if you want to be able to get involved, you can sign up quickly registered with a with an account manager there's an onboarding call where we target the podcasts that you want to be on the type that you want whether it's entrepreneurship business health fitness whatever it is we then match you to those podcasts and you can start your journey we have regular catch-ups with our account managers and google ranks you when people search for you so when people are searching for you you're able to see your podcast at the top of the list. So if you are interested in being a podcast guest on multiple podcasts, we are the place to go. If you go to podcastintroduction.com and go and register your details, we will have an, uh, a quick call with you, uh, match your, your podcast that you want to be on, and we can then start this process ASAP. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Back onto the podcast then. Today, we have Dana Silvestri, who is a consultant, mindset coach, speaker, and social media specialist. Hello, Dana. How are you? Amazing, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, so the first question I ask all my guests, the podcast is called Absolute Business Mindset. What does a business mindset mean to you? For me, a business mindset, it goes much deeper. I think a lot of people think about mindset as kind of black and white or salt and pepper, either you have a positive one or you have a negative one. Uh, for me, a business mindset goes much deeper. It goes into you know your attitude, how you feel, how you treat people, uh, the way that you connect with people in your business. And for me, really, it's understanding the mind, which we'll get into, because I find a lot of people don't actually understand uh, what the mind means, the difference between the brain and the mind. Right. And we'll get into that as well. But um, for me, it's having control of yourself and having control of your mind so that you can give yourself to your business because your business is the expression of, of the CEO, of the founder, of the owner, and the employees um, all know that. And it kind of trickles down from the top in the, in the instances that. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. for um, Before we go into your degree in business, what was your upbringing like? So I grew up um, from the uh, United States, a uh, state called Massachusetts, town called Wakefield, a very shy kid. So I remember I have memories of hiding behind my parents. I have memories of uh, people. They would always ask me this question when I was younger and say, why, why don't you ever talk? And I always thought, like, I don't know why. I, this is just the way that I am. And I thought I needed to be fixed and stuff like this. And I also had a speech impediment. like I couldn't pronounce certain words. And, and so that made it played into it. Extra health classes till 16 years old. So what really happened is I, I had, you know, middle class upbringing. So it wasn't like I was in poverty or anything, but I had some of these self-image things going on. The way that I viewed myself and I viewed the world, it was not the best way because I had these people saying these things to me. So I came up with the conclusion, you know, I needed to be fixed and something was wrong with me. And I started to play into that, if that makes sense. So I started to be that shy person, to be that person that didn't go after what I wanted. And obviously I was still at a younger age and such, but uh, I did have an entrepreneur side as me as well. Like I would, I, in middle school, I would sell gum and candy um, and that kind of branched out to finding things on Craigslist and high, high school and flipping things. So I grew up very shy, um, very quiet, thought I needed to be fixed. But I started to expand as I got as I got older uh, through high school. I started to get into sports and such. So I was I was blessed enough to my parents um, put me into things where I would be around other like minded uh, kids and, and people in high school that I could uh, expand on being more outgoing and whatnot. So it was, it was a good upbringing in that sense 
And it depends how deep you want to take it right now. I had, I had a couple of things really happen to me that changed my whole outlook on life and business as well. If you want me to go into that. Yeah, go for it. Please do. Yeah. So, so when I was 16 years old, I had my aunt and uncle pass away from cancer in the same year. And I had, at this point, I had never lost anyone in my family. So I didn't really understand what death was or I just, I understood you could die. But two people in, in 12 months was, was very impactful in a negative way towards, towards myself. So I started to like question things. And then I basically, um, I went through high school, uh, 21 years old. I was in college. I uh, was in a relationship for a couple of years. We broke up. We started to grow separate ways. And what happened is eight months after that, my actually, we were still friends. My ex-girlfriend had passed away in a car accident on uh, Christmas Eve on Christmas Eve. Oh. And, um, so what I happened and the re- reason I mentioned these is this started to ask this, this helped me start to ask questions about like, what is life? Why am I here? You know, what do I want to do with my life? Am I, you know, am I going to pass away tomorrow as well? Nothing's really guaranteed. So I started to ask myself these questions that, you know, some people don't ask themselves these questions their whole life. They just go through life and let life happen to them. But I started to ask these questions, which caused me to be the responder of that life, not the reactor. And um, that's when I kind of, I graduated college in business, um, business degree in management and marketing. And I got my first job and it wasn't until I got my first job. I was six months in, I was underpaid, underappreciated. I was sitting at the desk. I saw how this, and I'm not saying every company does this, but I was saying I, this company was not treating us right. And my job was basically on the West Coast in America is to manage these other contractors called um, court reporters. And you basically, there's about 80 to 100 of them. You're managing by emails and calls. So I was doing 65, 70 hours a week, minimal paid. Um, Department of Labor had to come in and, and investigate the company and cut me a check to not like take them to court. So all these things started to happen, the deaths. And I kind of pieced together that the path that I was going, even though some people would say this is very successful, or it's a good path to go on. And, you know, you have a job, you make, you're earning money. Um, you have a path. Um, I realized it wasn't for me in that moment. So I remember it was in Worcester, Massachusetts. And if you're familiar with Massachusetts at all, I know, I know you have an audience, um, in the UK. Um, so it's very cold during the winter. It's freezing. And in the summertime, it's, it's more hot, you know, in the eighties, nineties, seventies, whatnot. So I remember I hiked up a mountain. It was during the summertime and. Um, uh, my goal was I started to listen to these podcasts and I found that a lot of successful people on these podcasts were talking about journaling and writing out their goals and all these things that was very foreign to me at this age because I just didn't do that. And a lot of people still don't have the right goal as well. But anyways, so I bought a journal from a convenience store called CVS and I hiked up the mountain to the top and there was a ski lift on top of the mountain. And what I did is I sat there for eight hours and throughout the whole weekend, basically, I, I worked on all my goals, no limitations, relationships, finances, where did I want to live, the car I want to drive, the family that I want to have, how much money did I want to earn, um, self-improvement, vacations, you name it. I worked on every single category with no limitations at all. That's the key. And when, after I finished that, I compared it to my life now. And I said, me working for this company specifically or any other company, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to end up being able to accomplish anything I just wrote down. Mm-hmm. So I had that moment. I said, I can, you know, I can start now. I can put this off 10 years. I can make excuses. What am I going to do? So in that moment, I had a breakthrough and I decided that I don't know how I was going to do it, but I set a goal. I'm going to help people online and I'm going to earn money online. That was, that was my major goal. And I had no idea how and what, what this really was going to lead to. Um, and this is back, was this five years ago? Um, now that we're talking about this. So this is back five years ago. So I really had that breakthrough moment. Um, and I, I didn't mention throughout college, I was college and high school. I was a big into partying and I was lost. Um, I was undisciplined. I got in trouble a lot of times. I was, I was arrested five times and, um, over the course of, of a couple of years, um, cause I was lost in that process. And so that doing this gave me a purpose. It gave me something to work towards. It gave me a vision and it gave me desire, which is number one. Um, Napoleon Hill talks about in his book, Think and Grow Rich, that you need to have a burning desire. So that got into uh, basically that I started to shift my focus. And I started to say, 
I don't know where to start. Like, okay, I want it. This is my goal now. I have all these goals written out, but I'm, I'm confused now. So what I did is, and this is key, is I started to find the people that had what I wanted online. So I started to find these entrepreneurs, um, with a couple of Dean Grads, DOC, Tony Robbins, uh, a few of those guys. And I said, you know, these guys have good values. They have good morals. They have what I want, not just material-wise, but an internal as well. Um, so I went into a program called the KBB in 2017 as well. Um, it was like $2,000. And at this point, I'd never invested more than $200 into my own personal development aside from, from a formal education, I would say. Mm. Um, and I went on that journey. I started to do my nine to five. And I, after that, I would work five, six hours to 11, 12 PM on just putting out content, doing social media, putting out value, studying, um, learning about marketing, learning about sales, learning about coaching, consulting, and not only just learning, but applying it through the internet and online as well. And it was really interesting because uh, this got me to a point that I was able to create my business part-time. And then in 2020, I was able to go full-time into my business and I started to earn money in that sense. And then it was amazing. I started, this is, this is key too. Is I think everyone needs a mentor of some sort. Um, definitely a step ahead of them or even very ahead of them. Uh, what happened and we'll get into this later as well in more detail is I listened to a podcast by Lewis Howes. He's an entrepreneur. And then, um, um, Bob Proctor, who was one of my mentors and Bob Proctor, if you don't know who that is as well as he actually, he actually just passed away two weeks ago, rest, rest in power, but he, was the grandfather of personal development is what people called him. You know, he was in business 60 years since age 27. He passed away at 88. Um, and he was a human growth expert. So he knew about the mind, how powerful your mind is and how mindset is not black and white and how the certain laws, nature's laws that and success habits that if you follow this, there's a science to success. There's an art to fulfillment. So he would really teach that kind of philosophy and those habits and teach you about the mind. Um, so I came across that podcast and I saw him talking on there and right away, I just knew something in my heart. I was like, I need to reach out to him and his company. I don't, I, I need to just be around them. I need to be around the way that they think it's different. So I reached out to them. Um, I ended up going into kind of this, this coaching program or so. Um, and fast forward eight months later and, and keep in mind, Bob Proctor, while, while he's alive, um, for six months, he would charge $250,000 uh, for one call a month. So this guy's very, very hard to like talk to one-on-one. Well, it's, it's very, it's, if, he, if you don't have a connection to him, it's basically impossible. But it was interesting. I'll get into this, this story later too. Uh, I keep saying that because I don't want to drag on too long here. But um, I was on a call with Bob Proctor on Zoom eight months later talking to him about a business opportunity to partner with him and his, and his company. And um, I, I, was very scared. I was excited at the same time. And I took that opportunity. And when I did that over the course of the next year and a half, um, I was able to grow my business past the six figure mark, um, just in over a year, which is uh, pretty impressive in that sense. I was able to apply what he taught me uh, about these principles that Napoleon Hill talks about, about kind of these universal laws that he talks about, about, um, and then combine it with what I knew about marketing and sales to really get to where I am today. And, and then, um, over the course of the last year or so that happened. And then last July, um, I set a goal in April. So, so my, my kind of the way the coaching I do is I focus on the future. I focus on what someone wants and most people don't know what they want 97%. And that's the issue. So they don't have a target to go after. So you need to establish what you want. So I set a goal last April, um, to, I'm so happy and grateful now that I live in a luxury apartment in Scottsdale, Arizona by October 15th, 2021. And it was interesting. I wrote that down. I actually still have the memo on my phone. And then in July, all these things started to happen around me. Like I, um, I lived in an apartment in Massachusetts. There was a, the tenant below us. There was a, the police had to break down the door and the guy got arrested and we were kind of forced. I was in a relationship at a time that relationship grew apart and we were kind of forced to like, move out because it was not safe anymore. And, and it all happened at once. Like it was like magic after I set this goal. And um, so the reason I'm saying this is July, I basically had a two door car, a coupe. I packed it up with all my stuff, um, my laptop, just what I needed, drove 50 hours from Massachusetts um, to Arizona, just alone, made some amazing pit stops. 
And now I'm out in Arizona, the, the beautiful, sunny Arizona, um, and really expanding my network off at, out here as well. So it's been, it's been amazing. Very grateful for, that's a quick version of the story, but really grateful yeah, yeah, for the, all that. We've covered quite a lot of, of, of your story and thank you for sharing that. I, 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 we can go in lots of different directions. And I think we, we will obviously spend some time with your consulting and with, um, with the Proctor Gallagher Institute as well. But I just want to take you back right to the start of your story where you said that you felt that you, um, you, you basically fulfilled the role that you, that people thought of you and that you needed to be fixed was the word that you used. You thought you thought you needed to be fixed. At what point was it through your degree? Was it post that? Was it was it at the after this hike where you you sat up there for eight hours? At what point do you feel that you either got fixed by a mentor, which I'm not sure it ever really happens, but got fixed, or you fixed yourself? At what point do you think that that actually occurred? Yeah. So the term when I said I needed to be fixed was when I was younger and I had speech impediment and I was shy. And I created an identity around that, yeah. which wasn't, it wasn't even who I was at the core. Yeah. I mean, I still consider myself an introvert, but, but the shy person that was afraid to talk was created based on these experiences that I had around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, around, around, around me that yeah. we have around us. So for me, I think the point was discovering that I, I found mentors and started to listen to audiobooks. And I discovered that I could gain certain skills and that I could learn certain things and that I wasn't the way that I had to be. Like I wasn't just stuck this way. I wasn't born this way. And that's when everything changed when that became a possibility. And then I sat down and I set those goals and I had a target. Then it made decision-making so much easier. You know, it gave me that burning. I mean, it wasn't burning at first. It gave me that desire that turned into a burning desire to be where I am right now and still continuing on. But it was really a perception change, I would say. So it was a, it was a change in the way that I looked at myself first off. And then it was the a mindset and, and, thing. It was a mindset thing. Yes. You. And it was okay. a self-image change as well. It's just, uh, the book psycho cybernetics, uh, Dr. Mark, Mark, so Ma- Maxwell Maltz says that we have two images, one image. And he was telling that he was a plastic surgeon. So he would fix people's noses and stuff like that. And he would see that some people, when he fixed their, their face or gave them plastic surgery, their confidence would go up their self-image would go up. They would feel better, but then some people they had no change at all. Hmm. So he came to the conclusion that we have two images, the image that we look in the mirror and reflects back to us. And you say, Oh, that's, you know, I look in the mirror, that's Dana, that's who I am. And this is how I look. But then we have an internal image as well. And he came up with the conclusion that we can shift that internal image to what we want. And we can start to act as that person. And it's not, it's not fake it to you make it. It's that's you, who you are at that core. But we have so many, I call them paradigms. We have mental programs Mm -hmm. that control our habitual way of thinking, acting, and the results that we get. Mm -hmm. And that's formed genetically and environmentally till age seven. So we have all that. So the example I have is that started building up the shy guy, uh, the shy kid, Mm -hmm. um, you know, very self-conscious, my self-esteem down. And I played that out until I got to a point in my life that I said, oh, that's not even who I am. It's all based on what happened around me in my environment. I came to the conclusion of that. So that I went through a process of um, kind of reconditioning that, if that makes sense. And I want to know about your your first mentor. You was your first because I've 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 had mentors that I've worked with and done face to face meetings and Zoom calls, and I've had people help me coach me and and etc. But equally, I've also had mentors that I've listened to their books. I've become obsessed by their podcasts and learn a great deal of knowledge through them. Who was your first mentor that really had a major impact on your life? Right. So I didn't have a mentor in the sense of in person. Um, I didn't mention the story, but age 16, I, I worked this physical labor job for a rentals company. You drive eight hours a day. I do 14 hours a day for three days a week. And I would literally listen to podcast audible. I would listen to um, podcast and audible. Yeah. And I would probably finish four books a week. So I, I fell very deep into um, Tony Robbins. I know that's that a lot of people say that uh, Dean Graciosi as well. So they were my two mentors as in 
exposing me to a new way of thinking that I didn't even know was a reality. I didn't even know that was possible. Like the whole entrepreneur world versus the corporate is a whole different way of thinking. Yeah. And the whole poverty mindset as well. And the wealth mindset is a whole different way of thinking. Um, so they were like my first introductions, but I don't, I don't like to call them mentors. Cause I think, I feel like that's, I mean, they were, but I feel like it's a deeper relationship. So my, my main first one was Bob Proctor and his, his company. When I actually sat down and they actually took time with me to discuss and help me change the way that I was thinking and help me gain more awareness in this process. Um, and again, it was, it was, but to answer your question, it, it came through, I think you can find mentors through books, through podcasts, through YouTube in the age of information. Um, ignorance is a choice. Not knowing is a choice, but my main mentor and, and I'll always say that was Bob Proctor. Um, been studying his stuff for the last three years, one to two hours a day. Well, we'll come on to, to Bob Proctor after this next question. So what actually was the, the, the road trip, the driving 50 hours? What was the driving force to move from Massachusetts to Arizona? We'll be back after a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. So something that Bob's taught me is, is that we have mental faculties that most people don't know about. And what do I mean by this? It's a part of our mind. We have our conscious mind. We have a subconscious mind. And we have our body. So if you can imagine, it's a line across my head. Up here is the conscious mind. Here's the subconscious mind. And we obviously have the body. Okay, the conscious mind's the thinking mind. It's the educated mind. It's where we, our senses are. We can heat, we can smell, uh, taste, touch, feel things and whatnot. It's, and it's also where we have these intellectual faculties, these mental faculties, the memory, perception, will, reason, imagination, and intuition. And what, what most people don't understand is we can use these in a way that we can actually create, um, what we want to create in our life. And what I mean by that is, if you look at any creature, any animal on earth is they're perfect in their environment. So like if you look out, there's a squirrel. I don't know if they have them in the UK, but we have a lot over here in Massachusetts, especially is a squirrel or some type of animal outside. They're always just operating perfect in their environment. But the thing is humans, we don't, we don't operate that way. And the reason is that we have, we can use our memory. You can go back to the past. We can use our, our imagination, go into the future, focus on our goal. We can use our perception, shift the way that we think at a, at a look at a problem or a question. You know, we can use our will to focus on something. We can use our intuition to use that gut feeling to guide us as well. So we have these certain, and, and then the last one, reason. Reason is the ability to think. It's the highest capability we have as humans. So when we use these mental faculties, it gives us the ability to make choices, which in, in turn gives us the ability to change our results in our life. And the issue is, you know, so many people don't even know about these and they don't know how to use them. So the mind is using them instead of them using the mind, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so you set up your uh, your consulting business. And so just just correct me on the, the, the order of things. You set up your consulting business. You then went and started working for for PGI, PGI, Proctor Gallagher Institute, were, were they were they simultaneous or were they they were slightly different times? And and um, uh, tell me a little bit about your consulting business as well. Right. So I set up my my coaching business before the consulting. So I set up my coaching while I was in my um, nine to five role. So it was doing it on um, after work on the weekends, sacrificed all going out and. Um, how to decide who I wanted to spend my time with and stuff like that. So I had that set up. And then I, once I went full time into that, um, I met Bob Proctor and Proctor Gallagher Institute. And I don't work for them. We have a partnership. So I still have my own business. But what I do is I am able to use some of their materials. So Bob has 60 years of experience proven helping millions of people. So I'm able to use his materials with my coaching. Um, and then as I went through the years, I learned more about the business side of things, 
then I had the consulting set up, you know, the marketing, the sales strategies, um, the content creation. So it's been a little process. But first was the, um, when I had the, my job, the nine to five, I had the coaching. I uh, went to the partnership with Bob and in that process set up the consulting as well. And then he helped me, uh, his company helped me uh, grow that as well. So let's talk about your, consult- your consulting business. So you've got a business model, which is organic marketing, direct response messaging, content and, and networking. So, and you're consulting, you're helping entrepreneurs be able to build businesses. So, so what, uh, what strategies do you use? And so to, to use me as a test case, I, uh, I, I, you, I was doing some coaching. So if I wanted to come to you and wanted some help with my coaching business, how would you approach that? And how would you sit down with me? And what would you take me through? Right. And would you be someone that's looking, that's just starting or someone that's experienced in, in the industry? No, I, I was, I was doing it for about two years before, after 14 years of corporate, uh, as a manager there. So, um, so I've got experience of pe- managing people. Um, and, uh, just, I want to get into, get underneath the bonnet of how you approach the difference between sales and marketing, the difference between coaching, the difference between helping entrepreneurs right. build businesses. How do you how do you go go through your process? Right. So what I find is so many people have knowledge. They have they have a lot of skill sets. They know what they have to do. They know the outcome they want to get, but still they're not doing the things they know how to do to get the results they want to get. So the big question is why? Like why do we keep looking for another degree? Why do we keep looking for another YouTube video? Why do we keep reading another book? So what I do is I help people take the knowledge, the skill sets that they have. And I do it through a process called a paradigm shift. And it's very deep in the sense that the paradigm is a mental program that controls your habitual way of thinking, like I mentioned before. And, and that's 95%. So what I the find is a lot of people shift, looking... The, the paradigm shift is a Tony Robbins uh, thing, isn't it? No, that's Bob Proctor. It's Bob Proctor. Okay, fair enough. Bob, Bob Proctor is is the expert, or he was the main expert on the paradigm shift. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm sure people have similar strategies, but he's, he was, like I said, like the kind of the grandfather in terms of that. Yeah. So that the paradigm controls our productivity, our focus, the amount of money we earn, our relationships, everything, our perception, um, our use of time. So the process I use is to shift the way that we think, but it's not that easy. It's like I said before. So it's in that subconscious part of us, meaning it's unconscious. We don't know about it. So you need to do it through a process and you need to do it through something that works. So a lot of programs, coaches and stuff like this, they're going, you know, I can shift your behavior and I can get you a result, which is awesome. But the end of the day is if you shift just the behavior, the habit, that's like saying, I'm going to go to the gym or, um, you know, you're going to learn some sales for 30 days. But the thing is, if your paradigm, if your core, if your subconscious mind has a setting, it's like, it's like a plane on auto. And when you fly an airplane, they have an autopilot. So if it goes off, it hits turbulence, it goes back on track. So you're going to reset to that core. So what I do is I help people get results for the rest of your life that permanent instead of temporary and, and that causes frustration and whatnot. So that's what I do on the mindset side. And then we cut, we add in, um, the concepts learned from the book, Thinking Grow Rich, when Napoleon Hill interviewed over 25,000 people, 500 of the most successful and wealthy people in the, ne- the early 1900s combined it into that book. And it's really the philosophy of success and. If, um, I'm sure a lot of your audience knows about it. If they don't, they should definitely get that book. Um, I, and, I, w- I would hope that most of my audience should know Napoleon Hill. So fingers crossed. A lot of no. people know about it. A lot of people know about it. They don't actually study it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So um, he, Napoleon Hill interviewed Earl Nightingale. I mean, um, mentored Earl Nightingale. They were friends. Earl Nightingale and mentored uh, Bob Proctor in the 60s. Okay. Okay. So it's, so this information I teach on is a lineage of 125 years of the most successful people. So that's the mindset side. Okay. The marketing and sales is like you mentioned, it's how do I create engaging content? How do I use storytelling in my content? What, what types of different content pieces can I use? Transformation posts, um, mission posts, value posts, client testimonials to, to paint that picture. You know, you, you are the expert and you want to put that online so that you can use the beautiful internet to help people and, may, and earn money online because that's why it's there. And, you know, the internet can be used for positive or negative. So I go into all that with the marketing, the organic side of thing, messaging, messaging scripts, uh, Facebook groups, um, Instagram as well, how to use that. So people can really uh, leverage the internet to help them 
help more people provide a service, which means help them earn more money in that process as well. And then um, also the sales processes of uh, a script for the sales calls, also combining the mindset things. And because the truth is most people don't know who they are and they don't understand themselves. And until they can do that, they're not going to understand other people because humans, we all have the same nature, but we have different behaviors. Yeah. And we need to understand ourselves first. So I go, I use that as in the sales process is I use a certain, um, it's called a stick person explains again, it explains the conscious mind, subconscious mind, the body, how our thoughts, our feelings, our actions and our results all relate, mm-hmm. um, how we can shift the way that we think so that we can understand that person and really have a conversation and not, not be salesy. Who is your ideal client? Ideal client to people is number one is the person that is looking to transition full time. So maybe they're like I was, you know, they're doing their job and they haven't taken that leap yet and they're scared about it and they don't know what to do and they don't, they don't have that mindset to do that or they're not, they don't have this uh, marketing or sales to do that. So it's someone that's in that role or it's the entrepreneur, um, that wants to earn more money. They want to scale, they want to, um, grow their business, their online business right now. And they have no idea why it's not growing. They're successful in that process, but it's just one shift, one paradigm shift away that can help them. Either I've seen people double their income. Um, I've definitely I've done that. Have bigger months than I made in my corporate role all through this material as well. So those types of people. Awesome. Um, why do you think there is people, entrepreneurs, business owners that aren't reaching their potential? I believe it's ninety-five percent mindset, five percent strategy. I can give you. I can give you the marketing. I can give you the sales or someone else can. And most of the times it's going to help you grow. Like obviously one, one may be a better fit or not, but I can give anyone any strategy and if they apply it, it will work. It's like a diet. You can give anyone, there's like 40 different diets, right? And everyone's trying to pick the right one. But the issue is people aren't, they're not staying consistent with it. So the shift is in the mind. The, the shift is in that 95% because it's being controlled and it's conditioned into you at a young age. So once you shift that, the results are going to change. And a big thing is this, the type of type of work I do is it's not looking at your circumstances. It's not looking at your environment. It's not looking at what's outside of you. It's going on the inside, changing your inside, changing your core. So the outside changes. It's a little different from 95% of people, 97% of people don't operate that way. And then secondly, it's creating a vision. You know, it's creating a future, your future self, you could call it. How would I walk? How would I act? What would I be doing on a daily basis? What would that feel like? Who would I be around? So it's it's working from a higher potential, like a goal up here, down. When most people are they're thinking about what they what they have done before and what they think they can do, so they're working from a lower potential up. So my whole my whole thing is work from the inside out. Most people are operating from the outside in. You're working from a higher potential down instead of a lower potential up. So in this way, you can have huge, huge, huge results. I'm not saying you can't be successful the other way, but I'm saying, you know, in, in the sake of time, it's more efficient. Awesome. Thank you. Um, what do you, um, how do you help people that have self-limiting beliefs? So they, they, they believe that they, there's a ceiling for their development, whatever that is, whether that's as an entrepreneur or as a, as someone in a corporate career, what, how do you overcome those self-limiting beliefs? Well, your beliefs are based on your evaluation of something. So frequently, if you reevaluate the situation, your beliefs change. So you need to evaluate yourself. The issue is this is a lot of people can set a goal, right? They want to know where they're going, but they don't even know where they are. You need to know where you are now and not just business goals wise. Internally, you got to be real with yourself. You got to evaluate yourself. You got to ask the right questions, find out where you are, then also know where you want to go, obviously. And then from that process on, you can start to change those beliefs. And how do you change the beliefs directly? Um, you change the paradigm. So the paradigm, the 95%, the subconscious mind, the self-image, all the same thing, controlled the body. So the body is an instrument of the mind. Whatever you put in the mind, the body's going to react. So most people are letting their bodies control their mind. So what you want to do is you can use time-spaced repetition. You can use images, emotions to change the paradigm as well. And you can use emotional impact. So the more that you, um, something I was taught was I would blow through books. I would just keep reading books, books, books. My mentor taught me to read the same page or the same chapter until, you know, 30 days in a row until I knew it from the bottom of my heart, because that's how you get into the subconscious mind. Another thing that I do is, um, I'm big into vis- 
vi- uh, like vision boards or um, I actually have like a, a vision board video that I watch every day. And, you, and once you feel the emotion to it, your nervous system is going to link that up with that future. So you're going to burn, you're going to build that burning desire. And then once you build that burning desire on a conscious level, you're saying, oh, you know, I want to earn this amount of money a month or I want to grow my business to this point. On a subconscious mo- a level, you're, you're saying the same thing. I want to earn this amount of money. I want to grow my business. And then if that's aligned, your body is, is going to, it's going to be in a positive state. It's going to want you to take action. It's going to make you say, Oh, I should go to networking things. I should go to speaking thing. I should do podcasts. I should put it, I should put out content. And if you do that enough times, then your, your results will change and then your beliefs will change, but it's a process. I do believe change can happen inst- instantaneously. I've seen it, but I think most of the time it is a process because you got to think about this as well as that our beliefs have been established over our whole lifetime. So I think having compassion in that process too, um, and just working with it on a daily basis through repetition. Right, and and you mentioned a little bit earlier on about the the role of journaling was to sort of put everything down or all your other thoughts. Um, do you still journal? Does, is it is still an important part of your life? It's uh, very important. I've moved it. I used to do it years ago. I used to do it in the morning, then I did it in the afternoon. I did it at night. So I think for the people that are thinking about it or do it. Um, I don't think there's a set time when to do it, but for me, the importance of journaling is when you write something down, you think. So writing causes thinking. Uh, thinking stirs an emotion. The emotion causes a feeling in your body, right? You get, you get a certain state, you start to think a little bit, which leads to the action and then it changes your results. So the issue here is, and again, this is what I was taught is Earl Nightingale said that if most people said what they were thinking, they'd be speechless, meaning that most people don't think, right? And the reason we say this is that 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 95%, that paradigm, it's operating. So it's like you wake up in the morning, you tie your shoes, you brush your teeth, you don't think about it. You're just operating with it. So how can we take these success habits? How can we take what who you need to be to reach that goal of the future and make that part of that 95%? That's the key to it. And that's really what it's all about. Fantastic. So what's the plan for the next two to five years? Truthfully, I can't even plan my month. I mean, my uh, my life a month out. Cause it's changing so rapidly. Uh, but I'm um, speaking on stages. I just started doing that more in Phoenix. So more speaking on stages, traveling around retreats. I want to be hosting retreats, um, personal development retreats combined with business. So really, really like high ticket kind of experiences. That's what it's about. I think, I think life's about experiences. And uh, like I mentioned before, you can shift your paradigm with emotional impact. So you can do that through an experience. Most of the time it's negative. So retreats, experiences launching my own podcast um, like you have um, when the time's right. And other than that, I have to say like with this material and the type of work I do, my life's changing so rapidly that I seek out fear. Uh, I think that's what like a lot of successful people do is you'll find what scares you. You'll go after it. Um, so that's it. I, I can't go that far out, but um, that's, that's the plan for this year. And next year is the retreats, the speaking and just putting out more value than ever. So what's, what's your, you don't have to tell specifics or you can, it's up to you, but the the goal for 2022, we've just been through incredibly difficult time with the pandemic and you started businesses during the pandemic. So did I, um, what can you, can you explain or talk around a goal that you've set for yourself to complete in 2022? 2022, the goal is to, earn past seven figures in my business. So of course a year and a half, I got uh, to past six figures. So it's to help that number of clients and do in a way that I can provide so much service that differentiates me from the market. And I can help people um, create six figure businesses in the coaching consulting industry as well. Um, and in turn, when I do that, blow past the seven figure mark, um, that's the goal. And I want to get really, I have a couple of great ideas of uh, kind of charities and volunteer work. Uh, so once, once that happens, I want to, give back. I'm big into that. I want to give back in ways that I can. I have a couple ideas about apps of kind of trading skill sets. I'm not going to get into it right now, but uh, entrepreneurs, like it'd be um, certain, it would be like a club kind of that subscription base that you skill sets into a monthly payment. And so it'd be like, if you want to go on and talk about coaching and then I teach you about marketing, we kind of just coach each other and whatnot. So I have a lot of big plans for um, this year. And again, like the retreats and the speaking are part of it as well. But overall, it's a seven-figure mark, and it's helping 
um, I want to say at least 20 or 30 other coaches and consultants get to the six figure mark that are starting. I, I really like to help the people that, um, they're, they're very scared to take that jump full time. And, and that's a big focus for me. And just one question before we go into the last section is um, you've talked a lot about mindset and, and getting your mindset right and your subconscious, which is absolutely right. And then you've talked a bit about about your marketing and sales and and content and stuff. So for you, what is more important for an entrepreneur to have the right mindset or have the right tools in their toolkit? I think the right mindset's the foundation, but I think you need both. So I think without the mindset, you're not going to apply the tools. You're, you you won't. I've seen it. I've seen it with clients. I've seen it with myself. I've, it's all over the place. If you, if I, if you give me the tools, I don't have the mindset. I don't have the vision. I don't have the purpose. I don't have the persistence, the, the discipline, the inspiration, the mentor. I'm never going to use it. And you'll see that. You'll see that so many times. So I think I know. I don't think I know hands down. It's the mindset aspect of that. And again, it goes into that subconscious aspect. It's not, it's not just have the right mindset. It's nature's laws. There's certain laws that govern what we experience. You know, there's certain ways that we can change. I think our mental faculties that I talked about, mm-hmm. our self image, having a self image script, having a mission statement is something that I have a whole, um, it's about 13 minutes recording of my whole life mapped out how it will be in the future. I listen, I've been listening to it for five years. I don't know how I'm going to get there because I don't have the awareness to get there. But as you go through this process and every single day you make progress, progress is the key to happy, um, is happiness. Progress equals happiness. You gain more awareness in this process. So I think the foundation that most people miss, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you can't be successful without having the mindset, but that's called an unconscious, um, competent. You know, they're, they're unconscious of why they're successful. They just know they are and other people know they are. So it's the mindset number one and then the tools come after, but you can't have one without the other. I think you need both. Thank you. Okay, we're coming to the end of the interview. I ask the same six questions to all of my guests. They're quick-fire questions. They don't need a quick-fire answer. They've been described as as thought-provoking as well. So let's see how we get on. What was the best decision that you've made? We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. So many just popped into my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two of them, to make that decision to go full-time into business with I started off not knowing, not having any experience, no knowledge, no idea what I was doing. Um, and that's why I found the people that knew what they were doing so they could teach me. So that was number one was going into that entrepreneurship, um, in a life of freedom in that sense. And it's a whole different world. That was number one. And then my decision to, <laughs> to drive across the United States 50 hours. Um, I talked to so many and, and, and trust me. You never want to ask people their their opinions. What should I do? Because they give you an opinion that's based on no experience and knowledge. And it's usually with self-limiting beliefs. So everyone's saying, why wouldn't you fly? Why wouldn't you fly? And in my mind, I was saying, uh, you know, I think this is a great experience driving 50 hours across the U.S. When am I ever going to do this again? You know, uh, just me in the car. I can take my time and whatnot. And, um, you know, I was able to go. I don't know if people are familiar with the U.S., but Nashville, Tennessee, um, Arkansas, Texas, two national parks in New Mexico. So I, I've created all these experiences and I built a lot of confidence traveling myself as well. So those are the, I gave you two experience, uh, two decisions. Well, this isn't part of the questions, but what was your favorite place on traveling across America? I really liked New Mexico. They had the white sands and it's literally just a desert, but it's pure white and you can like go, you can go um, sledding on the sands. It's really cool. So I liked that. And that was next to the Carlsbad Taverns in New Mexico. It's about two hours. And it's really taverns that go 250 feet under the ground and they're all natural. Mm. And they're really cool. So, so if you go to New Mexico, check out both of those. Those are two of my favorite. 
Fantastic. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? So it's when, when I was on that call with Bob Proctor, I did, I was on that one-on-one call on zoom um, with Bob and we were talking and I didn't know, I really didn't know like what I wanted. And he asked me what I wanted and I wanted to be, I wanted to think the way he did. I want to be around the same network. And I told him, um, he, he dropped on me kind of that partnership, the, the opportunity there. And it scared me because I, you know, I was, I had my business going and I was doing, I was doing decent in it. And I was in my head, I was like, you know, if I partner with your business, like what's going to happen to mine? It was kind of that fear team up. And what he said to me this is probably the best advice. He said, you're making a huge mistake trying to do it on your own. When you really want something, you will always find a way for it. If you don't want it bad enough, you're going to stay where you are. When you want it, you'll find a way. And he said, you're wasting your time. Straight up, he said this. You're wasting your time building your coaching business on your own. You should come do it with us for a few years. Learn for us. We've been doing it for 60 years. Continue on your path, just like I did with Earl Nightingale. Do exactly what we tell you, and you can have anything that you want. And that may sound exaggerated. It's just because your paradigm isn't used to it. And I was like, what the heck is a paradigm? I looked, I, I started to study the material. Um, and you know, a year and a half later, he, he passed away, but he helped, uh, I had the most growth in my business ever since making that decision to do that. And so, so I I think that was the biggest thing. Ironically, the next question is who's helped you most in your career. I wonder if I already have covered this uh, a couple of times, but is there, is there someone else apart from Bob that, uh, has helped you massively in your career? I had, I had many coaches. So when I first started, uh, I don't even know how much money, 50, 60, $70,000 in a year or two years. I just constantly was just give, um, investing in myself with that vision and finding the right people. So, um, I know we covered that. It was most, it was mostly Bob and his company, uh, but I can't take credit away from, um, the ins and outs of many other coaches. There was one coach I had named, his name was Clay. And I remember being on a specific call with him and I was complaining about, um, all the obstacles I was facing. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is that happening? And, and he said, um, what's your goal? And I told him what my goal was. He said, if I, if you just had your goal tomorrow, how would you fail? And I'd be like, well, that wouldn't be fun. Like I, I would just have it tomorrow. And then what would I do? I would probably set another goal. He's like, so it's not really an obstacle. It's, it's giving you growth. So he taught me that lesson about obstacles. And I know some people, everyone's like, oh, I know, I know to view it that way, but really, do you know, like when the obstacle comes up in your life, are you failing those worries, doubts, and fears, which is natural, but how, how quick can you share, you shift that to, to knowledge and freedom and, and experience? So I, he taught me that clay. Fantastic. Do you have any regrets? No regrets. Uh, everything I've done has led to where I am today. Uh, if you look back, um, it's like turning your message to your message. Like I said, I've been in trouble a lot. Nothing, nothing like felonies or stuff, just like partying, arrested five times. Um, I had all these losses in my life and all of that led to me where I am today, standing on this call in Arizona was a six figure business starting from nothing. So I don't have any regrets. I don't, I don't think I like to live my way, my life that way. Um, the way that I just to add to that quickly, the way that I like to live is I picture myself, you know, 85 years old, I'm sitting at my chair and I'm looking back on my life now. So when I have to make a decision now, 28 years old, I'll look back and I'll say, at 85 years old, but Dana, at 85 years old, if I look back right now, would I do this? Would I regret this? The answer is yes, I would regret this and I always do it. So uh, that's, that's kind of my, my approach. Okay. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of the fact that I had a speaking, a speaking, uh, speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. A speech impediment. And I was so scared to even talk in front of people to public speak. So when I set a goal to make money online and I started to put out content, live videos and recordings and master classes, I didn't know how I was going to do that. So what I did is I did some stand up comedy and I got in front of people. I did some professional stand up comedy, kind of worked on those fears, um, did a lot of speaking online. I would really dissect my videos. I would do, I would record a video and I'd spend like adding in the words that I was saying. I'd watch all my hand movements, how I talk, the tone, all that stuff. Um, and that like just last week I was speaking on a stage. So it's, I'm very proud of, of that, that transformation of being that shy kid that was scared of speaking or even that shy teenager, uh, to being able to run, 
you know, a successful coaching business, speak on stages, be on podcasts like this and, and just really that transformation from within. And I think, I think everyone can duplicate something like that. Awesome. What does legacy mean to you? I think legacy is impressing your, your work upon the world. And so that doesn't expire. So example of that is whatever my values, my morals are, is to put myself into some type of work, whether that's a book or um, a program, but something that can live past my own existence. So people can listen to me for years and years and years, and they can learn from myself as well. So I think it's quite simple. I think it's, it's the ability um, to have a lasting impact through your service on the world is what legacy would mean to me. Fantastic. And where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? So I'm all over social media. I use um, Facebook a lot. Uh, Dana Silvestri on Facebook. On Instagram, it's the, T-H-E, Dana Silvestri. And then um, LinkedIn is Dana Silvestri as well. So I just, I, I put out a lot of value, a lot of content. I have a Facebook group. And my goal, and it's actually a lot of compensation is, um, you know, the amount of money you earn is how much service you provide. So my whole goal is just to provide service, provide value, help people, build relationships with people. I do five day events. Um, and I, and in my opinion, it's the most powerful material on the planet. Obviously that's my opinion, but yeah, find me on social media, take a look at my content and I'm always happy to connect. Thank you. Right. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. You've had a, a great journey and, and to be honest, you're, you're just a young pup. You're 28 years old. You've got a successful business. Uh, there's still so much more that you can achieve. So um, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing your story. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mark. Pleasure.